Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Nobody. Main loss, minimum speed, turns 15 and 16. Which corner is that, man? Uh, so swimming pool exit. Much easier just to refer to, to, refer to it like that. Yeah, no sweat. On the show today, Crofty's Love Files return, driver power rankings, potential Monaco track layout changes, and much, much more. But first... And hand the mic over to a man. And that made Lara change her last name to Croft when he raided her tomb. That man is David Croft. Take it away, Croft. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is... Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's Colby. The one your mother's warned you about, a.k.a. Kultasaurus Rex, minding my own business, travelling through the Jurassic period, looking for some Formula One. What have I got here? Oh, uh, that's just my Fermi. She's looking pretty plump and juicy. So park it on up in there, as it is the Park It In My Fermi show, the number one comedy F1 show out there. According to my wife, she's super proud of me and thinks I'm doing as well with this as I perform in between the sheets, which is adequately now i'll take that any day of the week and this is a show where we're talking all the news discussion opinions results predictions beef turkey and chicken that is going on in the world of formula one (laughs) and the show today is big it's so big that kendall jenner slid into the dms demanding some pictures of just how big it was that's how big this show is today not today, sweetheart, but Kendall, if you, half the NBA players that you've dated or anyone else hasn't listened to all the shows, they are ready and waiting at parkitinmyfermate.com. Download them, or better yet, you see that podcast listening app. You see it right there. Yeah, you. 
You know the one I'm talking about. Lick your lips. Lean in. Whisper how badly you want to finger and subscribe and follow button. Ooh. Tap it like your Charles Leclerc and the subscribe button is the barrier at Monaco. Ooh, wee-hee-hee. That gets me going when you do that. You'll be able to listen to my sexy, smooth, soothing sounds twice a week. You want more? You want more, you filthy animal? Well, I got more for you. Hit up the socials at Parker in my family, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, of course. But today, Monaco GP. They're thinking of changing the layout. Maybe. Ferrari confirms Charles Leclerc shouldn't have crashed his car and not raced. Smart, smart. Crofty's Love Files is back, baby. The horny man is up to something. And the driver power rankings. That's what you'll come here for, plus much, much more. But first, light a candle. Sit back, relax with a nice glass of vino because it's now time for the news. News, 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 news. Cody, Formula One news, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, it's the pimp news, pimp news, didn't steal this, it's definitely the pimp news, pimp news, pimp news coming through your ears right now, pocket in my Fermi, Formula One news, pimp news, yeah. That's right, it is the pimp news, whistle man, do your thing. Well, Monaco, look, we've all been saying it, but they're looking at changing the track layouts. Yeah, this is what Ross Braun said, he said, we'll take a look. But it won't be the first time someone has taken a look at doing something like that and no one has come up with a solution so far. But we have the tools now. We have built in our overtaking simulation tool and we will certainly have our people take a look at it. But it's pretty challenging. People often say, why don't you change the tyre strategy? Or things like that. But the teams adapt. They just find tactics to overcome it. So I don't think tyres or strategy is going to make a lot of difference. We've got new cars as a result of new setup regulations next year. So it will be interesting to see what evolves with that. It's a brilliant event, but we all know the limitations of the track. Look, so happy Ross Braun has said something. At least they're listening. At least they're acknowledging the fact that the races have been subpar. All you need to do is look at the sizes of Formula One cars throughout the ages to find out why Monaco is not the circuit anymore for Formula 1. Yes, it's got all the glitz and glamour of what surrounds it. I love the track personally, but the events of qualifying uh, shouldn't be the highlight of the weekend. It should be the race that's on Sunday. So look, they're going to have a look at it. They're going to do some stuff. They're going to run the simulations. They're going to see what's up, but who knows? I hope, I hope, I mean, that's the thing. And the regulation changes next year, probably going to mix it up again. So we, we couldn't be too upset with it. It, it, I, it. I love the result. I don't love how we got there, but the weekend itself, I was I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But look, they're always looking at it, and that's all we want. You to at least acknowledge the fans, listen to what the fans want as well. At the end of the day, the sponsors will be happy if people are watching. People are going to be watching if the races are good. You need to listen to the fans. Moving on. Ferrari confirms Charles Leclerc drive shaft failed after the crash. Now, it was the drive shaft on the left-hand side, not the side that hit the wall. So you can sort of excuse the mechanics for not really checking both sides. However, 
I mean, there was it was in Park Ferme conditions. He didn't really get to go out on the track. There, there was no way to even test it. Um, end of the day, don't crash your car. Yeah? Because I'm looking at a replay of that. You weren't trying to just lightly tap that wall, were you? You absolutely ran into it. So no wonder something on your car fucked up. Moving forward, Charles Leclerc said he will not crash into walls. That's actually not a direct quote. I made that up for him. He should be coming out and saying that to help ease the pain of what happened. Baku is coming up. We all know that Charles Leclerc never does anything stupid in Baku. So, um, yeah, we'll see, uh, see what happens there. But it's a uh, short, sharp and shiny. There's not much to talk about. There are a few other stories. Uh, they're not important to me. And if they're not important to me, they're not important to you either. Because we're going to have a lot more to cover today. Also, also, a couple of shows coming up leading into Baku. We've got a lot more to cover as well. But that's going to do it for the news. After being away for a couple of weeks now, David Croft is getting the itch. He's getting the urge. And he needs to get out there and find Dixie Normus. Will Crofty get his hands on his girl? Now it's time for another episode of Crofty's Love Files. was pouring onto the streets. It reminded me of Imola. The streets were wetter than a Baku lady of the night. I looked up at the window of my office where Wilma Fingerdoo and I made love for hours. She was asleep on the couch, the poor thing. She was tired after going five rounds with myself. But other things were on my mind. How was I going to get to Dixie Normus? She was locked away in a shipping container, all thanks to Karun Chandog. You see, Karun loved the ladies, but the ladies, they did not love him. Not one bit. He became jealous of my ability to pick up the ladies like Hamilton picking up the rubber on his victory lap. I was unfamiliar with rubbers personally. Crofty would often use hard, no protection. Dixie Normus had fallen in love with me. She wanted pole position and the grid was my pants. I couldn't wonder anymore. I needed to get to the shipping container on the ships heading up north. I knew what I needed to do. The ship was waiting in the harbour a few miles from the port, trying to avoid the traffic like they were on the outlap at Monaco. If I get to the cove a few miles out of town, I can intercept the ship. I race through the streets, the rain making the road almost undrivable, sliding around like I was Mazepin, but never crashing like I was David fucking Croft. I was out of control, yet perfectly in control at the same time. I was setting what would have been purple sector after purple sectors. As I raced through the streets, I was worried and panicked. I knew my girl was running out of air in that little tight shipping container. I'd arrived at the port and can see the ship about a mile out to sea, waiting for the perfect moment to start moving again. There was an unmanned ship nearby, a little small dinghy. Up against the rocks, keys were in the ignition my luck. I am crofty after all. I'll make my way to the largest ship. I can see all the containers lined up like Formula One drivers before the race. 
aboard the large, large ship. There was many men standing guard, holding machine guns. They were Corinne's men, all right. I needed to move undetected. I started weaving in and out of the containers like I was warming up my tyres. I could hear the faint cries of a woman locked away in one of the shipping containers. I know that was Dixie Normus. I made my way to the container and was able to open a large steel door. Dixie was cowering in the corner, chained to the wall of the container. She wasn't going anywhere. She was like Bottas's front right wheel. The only difference was that this nut was going to be busted this time, that's for sure. I made my way towards her, my eyes adjusting to the light like she was coming out of the tunnel in Monaco. Crafty, is that you? She said, with a quiver in her voice. Yes, my love. I've come to save you. I ran to her and checked to see if she was alright. I heard the engine of the ship start up and jolt us back as it started moving. I lost balance and braced my fall by placing my hands on Dixie Normus's breasts. I almost made a right tit of myself. Miss Normus was stunned and thrilled. She licked her lips and then started to move her head towards mine, started kissing me. The momentum of the ship made the container door swing shut. Well, now we're locked in. Nowhere to go. Well, Dixie, I guess it's lights out. And away we go. That was another fascinating time in Crofty's Love Files. Will he and Dixie Normus be able to escape Karun's men? Or will they perish in the airtight container? Find out next time on Crofty's Love Files. But now, it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man! Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Am a stat man, and we've got something we need to talk about today. It's Valtteri Bottas, the man who most famously just set the record for longest pit stop ever. Oh, 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 oh yes, what was it? Forty-three hours or something? You, you've seen the memes already. You've seen them. It's official now. Google it. You'll see it there. Because we're looking back, and, and we're looking at his season so far. We're thinking. Seems disappointing. You know why? Because he's not P3 anymore. We don't have a handbot there on the Drivers' Championship. And not a lot of it has to do with Valtteri himself. I don't think Valtteri's had a bad year. But let's look at the numbers. We're all about the stats here. 2017, at this point, five races in. 63 points. 2018, 58 points. 2019, he was on 105 points. 2020, 73 points. These are all five races in. 2021, 47 points. This is the worst start Valtteri Bottas has had in his Mercedes career. Five races in. Now, I'm going to put a little bit of an asterisk to that because it wouldn't be the worst start he'd ever had to his career in a Mercedes if 
if they could change the tyres on the car properly. So if Bottas finishes in second place, he gets himself 18 points. Okay? All of a sudden, it's the third best start he's ever had. He'll go from 47 points up to 65 points, beating out 2017 and 2018. Alright. So what? Not much better? Oh, I don't know. Let's go back to Imola, where George Russell tried to jump him, enter him. Okay. Yeah, he was... He was competing down there in P what was it P9 but I mean if he holds on another few points again all of a sudden he's closer to 70 points probably 68 points or so and it looks half respectable so the two issues where he got DNFs the two races he got DNFs it wasn't his fault he was taken out of it so he's got 47 points after three races why don't we look at that so let's not look at how Valdry Bottas has had the worst start to his Mercedes season so far. Let's look at the fact that Mercedes has screwed over Valtteri Bottas in one of the races. George Russell screwed him over in another. And he would be having the third best start to a season and not sitting fourth on the Drivers' Championship. Well, that was your stat of the week. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good stat. Not really. Yeah, such a good stat. Okay. Such a such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, now it is time for the drivers' power rankings. Now, you know after every race, we have to break down what happened. We did that last episode, but now we're also going to rank the drivers. Now, we don't do our driver power rankings based off one race here, the most recent race. Uh, we take into account all the races for the season so far, including the last one, and see how where they're all sitting, whether or not they are climbing these rankings. Now, the way that they are ordered is based upon the driver's performance in the car he has not who is leading the championship but how well that driver is going handling the car he's been given all right so this is based on the driver not the team and it's not based on how many points they got otherwise you know the, the order is already printed on there i'll just get the driver's championship order and just start reading that out but we're going based on how they're handling the car they were given so let's go through all 20 drivers yeah Okay, number 20, Nikita Mazepin. He is just struggling. Yeah, he finished the race. In fact, out of all the rookies on the weekend, he was the only one that didn't spin or have a mishap. He actually, he, he did all right. He had a good weekend. But he has got a lot of ground to cover before he gets further up this grid. You know, he threw the tantrum yelling back at his team. Driver default, Charlie, 85 when you can. Driver default, C, 85 when you can. That's on the MFA rotary to 10 o'clock position. I cannot do it, I cannot do it. Copy that, Maz. If you can move MFA to position C and then select 85 on the dash. Repeat number again, which 85, number? 85, 85. I cannot do it, man, you're having a f I'm in mono. All right, he got overtaken on the opening lap by Mick, who didn't qualify at all. 
okay? He's still a long, long way behind. He's sitting in at number 20. Number 19, the second of the daddy's boys, Nicholas Latifi. Now, I've got him in 19. No higher than that. Because he's not giving me anything out there. All right, he's driving that Williams. He's always at the back of the grid. He, he's, I mean, at least when I see Mick driving, he's pushing it. He's doing something. Nicholas Latifi's doing absolutely nothing. It's like he is... I mean, he's just going to be thankful Mazepin's around so he doesn't look like a little bit of a numpty out there because he ain't doing nothing for that Williams getting out qualified by George Russell for the one billionth time. Moving on. Number 18, Mick Schumacher. The future. The son of the man. Now, I like what he's doing. I mean, I probably could start looking at putting him even higher on the list, but, you know, that house is just absolutely woeful and... He's still very green out there, but I kind of like what he's doing though. He's looking, he's looking all right. He, he's really taking it to it. Like the, the golden rule is just outperform your teammate, and he's doing that rule absolutely, looking fantastic there. Got the overtake as well, getting better week in and week out. We're gonna have another challenging circuit again coming out in Baku, um, but I'd love to see. Love to see him, you know, keep improving, keep getting those overtakes, keep out qualifying, you know? He's doing a great job, and I think I'm going to say it. No, I can't say it. I was going to say he's going to have a points finish before the end of the uh, 10th place, but I don't think so. A lot of things would have to happen. A lot of drivers had to retire because that car is just that bad. Number 17, Yuki Tsunoda. My little dumpling, my little sushi roll. He's just fallen hasn't he i just don't like where he is I, I don't like how he's driving i don't like his attitude now it's not cute and adorable anymore it's starting to piss me off and he's not looking that good out there that car's not half bad because his teammate is doing a right in it he's complaining oh they'll be uh, we get in the same car you are mate and you suck okay yuki suck sucky sucky no 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 don't say that anyway he's <laughs> I think he'll improve. Out of all the rookies, I still have him performing the best at the moment. I can still see him improving. He'll have many points finishes this season. Number 16, Fernando Alonso. First of the former champions all the way down there. Fernando Alonso. He's going to be down in number 16. Just he's He can't get a grasp of the Alpine he's driving right now. Ocon is embarrassing him. Ocon's looking really, really good in it. And that's really a great... Measuring point is to see how they compete against their teammate. And right now, Fernando Alonso is really struggling, cannot drive, cannot help himself. He's down in 16th in that Alpine, number 15. Kimi Raikkonen, now, probably could have put Kimi higher. I love what he's doing in the Alfa Romeo. I love it. You know, they're, they're always on the cusp of points, if not one of them getting points. They're, you know, they, they had a great weekend as well. Um... Kimmy getting out of, uh, well, Kimmy didn't get out of Q1, but he, he was, you know, he was doing his thing. He was looking good. I mean, great point, uh, great finish to the race. Got to connect his drink, though, guys. Got Not again with Kimmy and the drink. Um, give the man some fluids, but he had he had a great, uh, great weekend, and I think he'll be great in Baku as well. Love what he's doing. Very consistent Sunday performer, Kimmy Raikkonen. Number 14, George Russell. Um, getting into Q2 because that's just what he does, out qualifying the teammate. But again, that that Sunday performance in that Williams is not there. Um, whether or not 
there's more to be extracted out of the Williams and, and Russell just saves it all for that one lap on Saturday. I don't know. Um, but it looks like you can get one good lap out of that car and then the consistency, or it's too hard to keep it at that pace during a race on Sunday. And that's what seems to happen. So George Russell struggles in the race. And he's had a few bad weekends in uh, Puerto Mayo and even last race, wherever that was, Spain. Those two races, he really struggled. That's hurt him a bit. And I didn't like what I saw in Monaco either from him. That's why he's down in P14 on the driver's ranking. Moving on, Lance Stroll. He's that damn good. We have to cut away from the only piece of action to show you some footage of Lance Stroll bunny hopping it. Ooh. Poor Lance, he's going to be a meme now for the rest of the year, but good on him. He's looking all right in the Aston Martin. He's outperforming uh, Vettel for the most part. Not not on the weekend, but for the most part, outperforming Vettel. Um, I like where, where he's going. He is improving. I think the car set them back a long way. You know, he had that uh, pole position last year. Um, he got up there, was in the points nearly every weekend last year. Great teammate as well in Sergio Perez. But I think that because the Aston Martin was hindered so much with the new changes, with the, um, the back end there, um, that, that it's just hurt him too much. He's down there. So, I mean, I, I know it's this is about the driver and not the car, but when you've got one of them getting up in P5 and then the other one on the weekend all the way down there, you've got to have, take that into account as well. So, Stroll, I love what you're doing. I think you're going to be better and better each and every race. But at the moment, P13, number 12. Now, this is a shock. And I hate to do it because he's my boy. Danny Rick. Danny Rick. Daniel Ricciardo, P12 on this. Now, what's going on with him? One race, we think he's on top of the car. Everything's going good. And the next race, he's struggling. And Monaco, everything feels fine, but he just doesn't have the pace. And you've got his teammate, Lando Norris, getting on the podium with that same car. What's going on, Daniel? You need to start turning it around. Baku and Monaco was your circuit too. You're the you're the king of the streets there. Whatever you had on your crash helmet, I actually can't remember. But uh, Baku, you've got to turn it around. I think I think he'll have a better race there. I think he will easily be. Uh, I'll go through my predictions in the next episode, but I think I reckon. Oh, not next episode. It's episode after, but I reckon top six. I'm saying right now, Danny Rick top six next race. Lock it in. Number eleven. Sebastian Vettel. Ooh, four-time. It's the four-time. He looked good. How was that drive in Monaco? Just stayed out longer, was able to overtake, um, overcut uh, Hamilton and Gasly. Excellent work there by Aston Martin. Good driving by Vettel. Good consistent laps by the veteran there. He knows what he's doing. He's there to really teach Lance Stroll, and the team's done great work investing in that because I know he's, they're, not, they're paying him a bit. Um, but excellent work there, uh, Sebastian Vettel. Hopefully can carry on this form. I, I don't think the circuit will allow it in Baku. I think they're not going to they're going to struggle to qualify as it's a lot quicker circuit. Um, but the corners are tight. Corners are tight, so we could see Ferrari and um, even yeah, Aston Martin's doing okay there. But probably the Ferrari number ten, Esteban Ocon. I like what he's doing. Again, compare him to the teammate. Car's built for him at Alpine, but he's looking very, very snazzy indeed. Keep it up, Esteban. Bit of a quiet weekend in Monaco, but love what you're doing overall. Number nine, big shock, propelled. Antonio Giovinazzi, I love 
He's quietly, he's just quietly doing his thing, isn't he? Those Alfa Romeos, both of them, Kimi and Antonio Giovinazzi, racing car Jesus, they're both very, very quietly just ticking along. You know, they don't break down. They're always fighting for points at the end of a race in a car that, you know, is usually out Q1. Not in Monaco. No, 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 that Ferrari engine got Giovinazzi into Q3. Yeah, that wasn't a mistake. Q3. So I'm hoping uh, with the circuit, street circuit, tight corners in Baku, we get a bit of the same from the Italian. Moving on, number eight, Pierre Gasly. Love what you're doing. You're really showing. Everyone thought, I guess everyone thought Sonoda would be, you know, the man coming in. Everyone loved him. Alvatari was like, yeah, he's our rookie. Look at this guy. He's going to be the future of the sport. And I still think he probably will. Um, but Pierre Gasly. Loved what you did on the weekend. Holding up Hamilton. You just kept your cool. It can't be easy to drive in front of a seven-time world champ. You know, in a, theoretically, a much faster car. Uh, but excellent job there. You kept your cool. You kept your car fat and wide, and that's all you need to do. You did an excellent job there. Well done. P6 on the weekend, Pierre. Moving on. Number seven on the driver's power rankings. Sergio Perez. Check go great race he had on the weekend he's been copying a lot of criticism i can't even talk a lot of criticism for the way he's been driving uh, but he had a phenomenal race on the weekend starting in what was it p9 struggled to qualify that's what hurt him here was able to do the overtake on quite a few cars on vettel on gasly on hamilton get himself all the way up into p4 after leclerc had to retire then valtteri had to retire and then all of a sudden he's now challenging for a podium Excellent drive on the weekend there, Sergio Perez. I think why you're that low is because you're qualifying. You know, there's still over a second difference between you and Max. On a short, and on a Monaco, a second is huge. You know, it's only a short track, two miles. That's tiny. All right, so I want to see a bit of an improvement in Baku. If you want to climb up the driver rankings, you need to be up the front of the grid to be helping Max out if you want uh, Red Bull to be the driver's champs. Number six, Valtteri Bottas. Yes, I've got him up there because I mentioned it in the start of the week. He's had two DNFs, both not his fault. He would be having a very nice, very lovely season right now if, you know, he wasn't crashed out by George Russell if they can get the tyre right front off. Know, what the hell was going on with that pit crew? Every time it happens, it's always to Bottas. We saw it in the Sakia circuit, Bahrain, last year. You know, uh, I mean, to their defense, they also screwed over George Russell. So um, they had a really, really bad day that day. But that pit crew just can't get it right. Whenever something goes wrong, Hamilton's never the one where anything goes wrong. It's always Bottas. But I mean, he outqualified Hamilton quite convincingly. He raced better than Hamilton all weekend. He now holds the record for longest pit stop ever. Um, but we gotta, we gotta still reward him, keep him up there. You know, P6 on the driver rankings. I'd love to see him climb. He's sitting P4 on the drivers' championship at the moment. Let's see if he can turn that around when we get to Baku. Number five, Carlos Sainz. Oh. We're on a run! Come on! Tom, do you know what that was? That was a smooth operator! Smooth operation! 
Carlos, check the radio. We seem to have picked up some dodgy music channel again. The smooth operator. Smooth operator. Carlos Sainz in that Ferrari. Gosh, he looked great. P3 podium in Monaco. Excellent driving again. The reason I got you that low is just because your teammate does out-qualify you. He is quicker, but that Ferrari... You've adapted to that car better than anyone else has adapted to their new car for the year by far. I think you're going to have an excellent race in Baku as well. Top four, top five, I'm thinking. Um, great season for Ferrari. They've really, you know, come back. You know, th this weekend, it was so good to see them back up the front of the grid, really challenging, um, well, beating out the Mercedes and really putting that pressure on the Red Bulls as well. Well done. Number four, that was... Gotta be Charles Leclerc. Get the teammate in there, number four. Horrible weekend in terms of you crash the car, your drive shaft ain't working, and you can't race. Okay? But did I like what I saw? Like it we, again, we take in the whole season. Where he's at. I like what he's doing. Alright? Yes, he hit the wall, crashed, and then couldn't get a car ready for the Sunday race. Okay, but overall, he's doing doing pretty good. Pretty pretty good I like what Charles Leclerc's doing I think he's doing better than his teammates still which is the barometer we measure everyone on he will go to Baku and look very handy there indeed another chance at a podium I do believe I reckon he'll qualify really well there too unless something drastic happens like um, you do something stupid but nah, you've never done anything stupid in Baku moving on number three Lewis Hamilton still going to put him up there top three he's still you know being Absolutely. He's won three races out of the five we've had this year. He, he's been great on pole. He just had a bad moniker. He just couldn't get the pace in the car. Um, qualified P7. Um, ended up finished seventh in the race. He just had, yeah, had a bad weekend. Um, but the thing about this champion, he won't have two bad weekends in a row. So Red Bull capitalized. They did. Um, they need to and they did. And now um, moving on to Baku. Another great chance for Red Bull to continue to build a lead now on the Drivers' World Championship because when we get to those proper street circuits, uh, not street circuits, racing circuits, tracks, that's where Mercedes are going to just come back and bite at you. So you need to get all the points you can now, Red Bull, but well done, Lewis Hamilton. You're third on the list. You're still a champion. Number two, Max Verstappen. Number two? Who's number one? Number two, Max Verstappen. Excellent race win on the weekend. Two for the season. Well done again. Just keep your head down, bum up. You just did your thing. Awesome work indeed. Well done, Max. I think he's just got to... The, the, what's going to hurt him is him himself this year. It's so, it must be so hard to wrestle with that car that there's always these little errors every single race. It's always like, oh, a little bit wide there. Oh, a little bit of under, understeer there, oversteer there. Oh, it's hard to control. Oh, I've just ran one. It's always just a little thing. And those Mercedes just stick like glue to the track. And that's why they're, they're not making those mistakes. Although your car, you might be driving that car quicker than the Mercedes can, the margin of error of where you can make a mistake, I mean, you can't. Because we've seen it so far. Like Bahrain, first race, track limits. Now, track limits every race, theoretically, but I mean, number two. So you've done well, Maxi boy. I'm hoping you can get some more points in Baku and extend this lead. Number one, Lando Norris in the McLaren. He's just looking great. He's just looking so good on the podium, P3. That's his second podium for the year two in a McLaren. 
He's looking very, very nice indeed. They're gonna, it, it's, and it's gonna come down to Ferrari versus McLaren because Danny Rick is not helping McLaren right now in the best of the rest tournament. Um, but Lando Norris is, is putting that team on his shoulders and marching his way towards the end. He's sitting P3 on the Drivers' Championship as well. So excellent work there, Lando Norris. But that is your power rank. Mazepin, Latifi, Mick Schumacher, Sonoda, Alonso, Raikkonen, Russell, Stroll, Danny Rick, Vettel, Ocon. That's your back 10. Your front 10. Well, Ocon is number 10. Giovinazzi, number 9, Racing Car Jesus. Pierre Gasly, number 8. Sergio Perez at 7, Valtteri Bottas. At number six, Carlos Sansmuth Apoleta, number five, Charles Leclerc, number four, Lewis Hamilton, Sir Lewis Hamilton, number three, and Max Verstappen, number two, with Lando Norris leading power rankings. What do you think over at Parker in My Fair Mate? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll be, I'll be there. Slide in those DMs. I'll be sitting back, arms wide open, ready to catch you. Embrace that fool. I don't want you to hurt yourself. But that other power rankings, we will do that again after the next race. See where they're all sitting. That's it, boys and girls. That's another show done and dusted. Episode 41 in the bank. Big one coming up next episode. We will be reviewing the pre-season predictions just to see how we're tracking along so far, where we're sitting, and more. Of course, we'll bring you start of the week. What else can we talk about? There's so much going on. Start getting ready for Baku. And of course, bring you all the news that's happening in the world of Formula One. So if you missed out on any episode, go to parkinmyfairmate.com to download the episode. And of course, make sure you subscribe and follow on your listening device so that way you never miss an episode again. Twice a week, baby. Tuta. Go on the socials at parkinmyfairmate, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as well. I'll be sitting back waiting for you. But most importantly, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Network.